Thank you for listening to the Matt's Movie Reviews Podcast, available on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Amazon Music. Also, please follow Matt's Movie Reviews on Facebook, YouTube, LinkedIn, Instagram, X, and Rumble. And of course, be sure to visit mattsmoviereviews.net for the latest reviews, top 10 lists, and more. Now, onto the show. I've got my gun. What's in the gun? How many bullets are left in this thing? Think. Houdini stone on the chain, gang. Cost me a promotion. You ran out of jail, so you could come out. I'm always nice. And don't try to take off now. We both know I got faster reflexes than you can. <laughs> I need to buy some more time. I know it's not fair. What happened to you? It was a bad beat. Does anyone know him up? Yes. Yeah. To make it worse. Please. Where did you drive here? 65 miles an hour. Hello and welcome to the Matt's Movie Reviews Podcast. I am your host, Matthew Perkovich, and this is episode number 556. Releasing September 29 in theaters across the US and on video on demand is Headcount a crime thriller that stars Aaron Jacempico as an escaped convict who, in his bid to hold on to his freedom, embarks on a journey of love, death, and redemption one bullet at a time. A twist-filled neo-western featuring a strong sense of style and memorable performances, Headcount also features the directorial feature film debuts of Jacob and Ben Burkhart. I'm glad to say join me now on the podcast. Jacob and Ben, I thank you both very much for your time today. Thank you. Happy to be here. <laughs> so, Jacob, I wanted to ask about the short film that you guys did nine years ago, or the same title, Headcount. Um, and for people out there, you can actually watch it on YouTube. It's a really great watch. It goes around five or six minutes or so. Um, really fantastic work you guys did there um, back, what, uh, what was that, like 2014 now, I guess it will be, right? Um, mm-hmm. So... You guys have created a number of shorts over the years. You're very prolific in that sense. So what is it about Headcount as a short that really spoke to you uh, and Ben in regards to, you know, this will be the feature film that we're going to, you know, that we're going to make based on the, the short that we did beforehand? What was it about that film, that story and that style that you thought would make a really good opening statement for you as a feature film um, director? It's a great question. You know, when we've been trying to make, trying to get a a feature made for a long time and we had a, a horror movie we really wanted to make. And eventually what we kind of decided was, you know, we need to kind of pare it down. We need to write something smaller, something that is more manageable that we can shoot 
uh, here in the area with the resources we have available. And Ben said, you know, why don't we see about headcount? What if we can flesh this out? And what we ended up doing was, you know, using that structure, that unique structure of that short film to sort of make this feature that's almost uh, a set of short films uh, back and forth within it itself. And once we had this idea for, you know, this character running throughout the feature, it was really uh, fun and easy to put together. And like I said, we had access to, you know, a, a honky tonk bar. We had access to a 67 Mustang. And as we were writing the script, we said, you know, let's say we got to save money. We have to do this our way. So let's write in what we have and let's be resourceful. And I'm really proud of the, yeah, how it all turned out. Ben. I read that like the early work of the Cohen brothers, Sam Raimi is like something that really kind of inspired and, and resonated with you guys as filmmakers. The thing that I really took from the movie as well, though, is a really strong kind of 70s aesthetic to the movie as well. And of course, you know, you talked about the 67 Mustang and, and the, the honky tonk bar, but there's also other things to the film as well. The look of the look of the film, there's a certain cowboy aspect to it. Of course, it is a modern Western, but it also speaks to certain films of the 70s that kind of like had that time to type of stuff as well um did the look of the film did that come beforehand um that you wanted to make something with that kind of aesthetic in the, in the first place with the 70s look or does the resources that you had the honky tonk bar the car kind of like kind of set the tone of the, the look of, of, of the movie that people are going to see in a couple of weeks right so me and jake um we do a lot of pre-visualization we do a lot of um you know, storyboarding, and then we make a lot of mood boards. We make, um, you know, some cinematic trailers, some ripomatic trailers, and um, all of these things um, kind of fell into that Western 70s aesthetic. And um, so we knew that that was going to be the seed of how the film was going to look all the way through, like, the clothes that people wear. And then we kind of uh, wanted to create this idea of when people think of Kansas, um, what is it? What is the fairy tale version of Kansas that we want to paint in these people's minds? And we're like, okay, you know, people are still using, you know, old phones that are attached to the wall, but they're also using, you know, modern day cell phones. They're all dressing, you know, a little more Western and they're driving these older cars and then there's newer cars. And I think just kind of making it this melting pot of all of these different um, styles kind of helps make it so it's not set in a certain time period. You don't look at it and say, oh, they definitely filmed this in like 2020 or anything like that. So I think that kind of works to the film's advantage. And then obviously when it came to finding, you know, like that bar or that Mustang or all these other places, we go, what's a place that looks um, older and has like kind of a rundown feel so that we don't have to put money into the set design and things like that. We don't have to build, you know, this person's house that looks like it hasn't been touched since like the sixties. And, you know, we, we knew that that was what the aesthetic was going to be. And then we set out to find things and places and props and that would fit that mold. So Jacob, you got the seventies aesthetic, you got the, 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 the tone you're looking for, the style you're looking for. Um, it's set in uh, Kansas, where you guys are from, but there's a strong Australian connection to it as well, which really kind of like I, I picked up on straight away. <laughs> um, I talked, you talked about, we talked about Aaron uh, Jacobenko in, in my in my um, introduction, Melanie Zanetti, Ryan Quantin, all these people, Australian actors. 
um, in your film? How did that Australian um, connection come about? Does that come about through your association with um, Continuance Pictures? Is that kind of like how that all happened? Or is there another another way that it, it was just happenstance that these Aussie actors got together? Yeah, um, through Continuance, we've we kind of partnered up uh, early on for this. And, you know, they were really great in getting the script in front of some of their connections, some actors they knew, including Ryan. And yeah, once they were interested and they felt like they connected with the script, it really helped us flesh out the rest of the cast. And yeah, through their connections, uh, we found Aaron, we found Melanie. And, you know, I think, you know, we were a little, uh, the only concern we had was just making sure we got the accents right. And Mm. it's not a Southern accent. It's not a Texas accent. It's not a Northern Minnesota accent. It's, it's kind of devoid of accent. Kansas is, and they all rose to the, uh, they all rose to the occasion and did a really incredible job. Um, Other than that, you know, Kansas itself is a bit of a, you know, pretty flat, a little barren, a uh, bit of a maybe feels a little forgotten you know there's maybe i could see <laughs> i could see a bit of a kinship with uh australia in some ways it's just kind of uh its own thing in a ways and yeah again they just did such a great job uh all these actors uh rising to the occasion and and filling it out that i don't think you would know you know Ben, it's really interesting. So when I think about the the style of film and the influences that it harkens back to, I think to myself, what happened to the American badass actor? Because lately, over the last 20 years or so, it seems like a lot of the badass characters that are showing up in American films are from other places, Australia, England, Ireland, for example. Um, and when I think of the 70s, I'm thinking Burt Reynolds, Clint Eastwood, you know, Steve McQueen, guys like that, American bred and born actors. Um, mm-hmm. What do you think it is that this, there's that shift now? Do you think it's just a generational thing? Do you think it's a global thing? Do you think like the opening of the, flood, the, the floodgates open from, especially from like the mid-90s onwards to other um, actors from different places putting on American accents and, and appearing in these films? Do you think it's it's it's, it's a thing now where, I don't know, casting directors and, and other people as well just go for more it's an international flavor when playing these characters for one reason or another? Yeah, you know, I think a part of it is that the audiences today take in so much more media and get a little more sophisticated because, you know, your big muscle-bound kind of action stars like Schwarzenegger or Van Damme and Stallone in the 80s, that became, you know, that it's like an unreal, it's an unrealistic um, kind of interpretation of what you would consider a hero. And then I think as people, you know, take in more media and get smarter, they go, how do I have a hero that could be like an everyday man, like a John McClane or something like that, where mm. these he- action heroes are now more thinking with their minds and kind of their skill set as opposed to just brawn. And I think our character definitely utilizes, um, you know, his memory and his mind to get out of these situations. And, you know, people, they just make fun of it nowadays. They're like, oh, that's just some big, strong guy, like whatever. They want the cool, like mysterious, um, heady kind of protagonist. I don't know if Jake has more to add to that or the better spin. (laughs) Well, the other part of this question, and this is such a good question, and I wish I was smart enough to answer this. Because (laughs) if you look at... uh, all this, you know, who is the last Spider-Man? Tom Holland. He's not yeah. American. Who are all the Batmans? Christian Bale, uh, Robert Pattinson. You know, when have we had an American Batman recently? It's, I think, I think, like, athlete, I guess you can say, but the big ones are like the Pattinson and, and Bale, right? So, 
Yeah. 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 Superman, and, Henry yeah. Cavill. Yeah. And we see, um, you know, uh, the all these Australian actors, Margot Robbie and uh, Liam, uh, not Liam, uh, you know. Chris Hemsworth. The Hemsworth and, uh, and Jackman. Yeah. The Hemsworth, the uh, and then even Swedish actors like um, I cannot think of anyone's names today. The who, guy who played it, the kid who played it. Oh, uh, the Skarsgård. 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 Yeah, the, the whole Skarsgård. I, I don't. <laughs> I don't necessarily look at it as it like America in decline of putting out actors. I just see it as like everything has become more globalized and. Yeah more actors are coming in and I would like to see, like, I, I think it hasn't gone far enough. You know, I don't know. I can't name any big Chinese action stars off my head. I can't name any big uh, Korean off my head besides the, uh, the walking dead uh, guy who I'm very bad with names today. So I, I would just like to see it get bigger and bigger. I think America's always going to have actors and big actors. We're always going to have Leonardo DiCaprio's. We're always going to have, uh, Jack Nicholson's and and Paul Paul Newman's that was a big inspiration for this character, but I you know I, I I don't necessarily see it as like America is slacking. I just see it as you know there's just the world has opened up and people are uh, uh, looking for more talent in all sorts of different places. And I don't know maybe there's something about Australia where uh, everybody <laughs> is just uh, brought up to be a, a good actor for some reason because yeah certainly certainly a lot of talent. Well, look, the same thing happened here. Our last Mad Max was Tom Hardy, and he's a Brit, so, you know. <laughs> oh, that's, yeah, well, there yeah. The Matt's Movie Reviews Podcast is brought to you by Tee Public. Tee Public is the world's largest marketplace for independent creators to sell their work on the highest quality merchandise. With over 1.2 million designs, Tee Public is sure to have something you love. Please support Matt's Movie Reviews on Patreon. Get access to exclusive content, request movie reviews and top 10 lists, and help support my work. Please click on the Patreon link in the description below. Um, Jacob, I want to just talk about the character of, of Kat who, who Aaron plays in the movie. The thing mm-hmm. about him that speaks to me is that he's someone who's looking for freedom, but he's looking for it in the in the wrong ways. He he sees mm-hmm. freedom as a thing where he can do anything that he wants and he doesn't appreciate the consequences that come with that. Which is funny because the first thing you see of him is on the chain gang, right? Because uh, you think you'd learn a lesson by then, but he doesn't. Do you think that the freedom that he's looking for, the freedom of like say the easy rider generation, do you think that's that's just an illusion now? I mean, that can't be attained, right? I mean, that time of like no consequence freedom do what you want kind of like uh the hippie era kind of stuff that maybe he's kind of looking for i i, I myself believe that it's nothing that can ever be attained because you know from freedom comes responsibility and from responsibilities come consequences and i think for cat it's yeah. something that keeps coming up again and again and again and again i again I, I love this question i think that that feeling that desire for freedom maybe that's maybe that is an american American thing, but you know, it's, I think that's always going to be, I think this is always going to speak to people, whether, you know, the Kerouac on the road, there's always going to be that generation that just needs to get out of there. That just needs, that feels that drive for freedom. You know, there's a lot of talk about trains in the movie Mm. and that's very specific because during COVID I was watching train hopping videos on YouTube over and over. I was just like, this, this is for some reason. Now this is my dream is to just, Mm drop everything, forget COVID and jump on a train and get out of here. 
So yeah, to me, Cat is a bit of a callback to those those seventies characters. You know, the the Dennis Hoppers and the 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 Paul Newmans and stuff that that desire to get out. But I don't know personally. I think that that feeling is is uh, eternal. You know, and I think it's it, I I think I I think it would hope that that resonates with people for generations to come because I think it's very human and yeah. I mean, he. He should learn, shouldn't he? I think I hope he learns by the end, but you know, he's just a little too smart for his own good. And that's something about the character I really uh connect with and appreciate. And yeah, that's how I saw it at least. Ben, throughout the movie, this this scenario for every bullet that cat has in his gun, and that's kind of like the kind of like the central motive of, of the film. What was interesting was that when I watched the short film, like every scenario in a short film for those characters was totally different to what was in the movie. No repeats there. Did you and Jacob have like a list of scenarios that you guys had uh, that you were like, that you kind of like looked at and thought to yourself, these could work as a film, these might not work in the film? Uh, and if so, what type of different scenarios did you have Kat go through if you had some uh, left on the um, on the drawing board, so to speak? Yeah, um, you know, it's it was a little bit more tricky when it came to putting it into feature length because these scenarios in the short film, like you said, the scenarios are very different and they don't, they barely connect. I think like one character like comes back in one of them. <laughs> but for this, we knew that we had to, even though these were all going to be different, we knew these all had to have a through line and a thread and had to make sense. And you still had to have character arcs and, you know, there had to be, events that affect you know future bullets and stuff like that um so i think a part of that you know we really love writing um scenarios and then kind of fleshing out you know how that affects the character later or set pieces and stuff like that so i think we had you know we we looked at some of the situations where like okay we have this bar let's have a scenario there we have this car let's do something with that and then we also wanted to not just have the gun just shooting people and killing people like we wanted the gun to go off in unique ways and be taken out of the gun and things like that um i think the only um interesting one that we couldn't quite get to work was that we really wanted to do one of the scenes in reverse to where the entire Mm -hmm. thing it starts with the gun all of these end with the gun going off and then it goes to the next one. We wanted to start one where the gun goes off initially and then you kind of work backwards to see how or why it went off. And <laughs> it was too much of a leap to get people to there's suddenly ones in reverse. And <laughs> we were like, this is too far. We can't, we can't do that. But it was, it was a dream to get it to work. I don't know if there's, Jake had any other ones. Well, there's a, there, um, there's a big, beautiful, drive-in movie theater by my mm. house and we were trying really like that's another piece of like americana american culture that's gener- that goes throughout all the generations the drive-in movie theater and we just couldn't quite figure out how to work it in to the movie but that's one i would say um ben i just wanted to ask you as well in regards to the editing of the of the scenarios you work with edward schroer who is a uh, your editor in your short films as well um, when you're in post-production, you know, a lot of filmmakers tell me all the time, post-production, like editing is where the film kind of comes together. But this story, your film in particular, the non-linear story, storytelling of it, it could be kind of like a tricky puzzle to pull together. What was the editing post-production stuff like for this movie? Because I imagine that trying to get the the the, the jumps, the cuts and everything right with, with everything that's going on would have been a bit of a tricky process. 
Yeah, you know, the thing is, we storyboard everything. So we already had the entire film um, on paper. And then, you know, we're storyboarding these edits and these major cuts that happen in the film. So we know that they're coming. They don't, I mean, when you get to the editing room, that doesn't mean they always work. Sometimes you got to work around them. And, you know, me and Jake are editors as well. So we kind of, <laughs> we're kind of like over and shoulder a lot <laughs> for better or worse. So there's, we, we certainly don't, like say, you know, we don't give them a month and say, yeah, show us something and then we'll give a few notes and we'll come back. Like we're there, we're in the nitty gritty. We're saying, you know, cut cut a couple frames, leave a couple frames. But, you know, his expertise and then his, you know, he has a real passion for storytelling helps as well. And a part of that is, you know, having, you know, putting out a version and then having people watch and review it and be like, I didn't get this, like this doesn't connect. And then you, it's like a test audience, you know, in a smaller um, kind of chamber, but then you end up going back and changing things and making some things more clear, cutting things out. We had to cut things out, even though this film is so short and small, we still had to cut things. And, you know, eventually you just get it to the point where enough people think it makes sense to where you got to pull the trigger. Cause there is no scenario in any film where everyone gets everything. You're like, you got to mm. get just the highest percentage you can and be like, all right, we got it. <laughs> yeah. Jacob, when it comes to when you finally show your film to an audience, I know you guys did some um, festival screenings of the movie and, and such. When you see it and people are watching it finally, what is your relationship with the film? At that point, because I've spoken to a lot of different, a lot of filmmakers. Some say, oh, I wish I could still do this. I wish I could still do that. Others say, I'm done with it. It's out in the world. I can't do anything else with it. What's kind of like your uh, philosophy in regards to a completed film as soon as it goes out to public? What What did you What did you say earlier, Ben? It's never. Oh, uh, like they say films are abandoned, not finished. But I don't know if I believe that. <laughs> yeah, I think I. I... I think I'll be all right. You know, I'm just thinking about the next movie and what I can learn from this movie to apply to the next one. And, you know, watching it with a crowd, it's always fun because you don't know what people are going to laugh at. You don't necessarily, you hope they laugh at the right things. Uh, you hope that they're engaged. You know, if, if they're laughing, if they're screaming, if they're quiet, then these are all really good signs that they are paying attention you know, the phone is a very tempting device. So I really mm. just hope that, you know, it, it, it connects with people and I think it will. Yeah. yeah I think, I think I, for, yeah, I think for me, um, a part of, this is very much my opinion, but a part of being a good artist is being like, it's done, like mm, hang yeah. it on the wall. The painting's done. I'm not going to touch it anymore. I'm moving on to the next thing. So it's, I think it's a little cruel for filmmakers to, to watch and say, all right. Or, you know, they keep doing re-releases of, you know, George Lucas keeps re-releasing Star Wars and changing. It's like, just let it lie and, you know, move on to the next and, you know, make the next one even better. Like, yeah. stop mm -hmm. trying to stop trying to make the one you've already made a little bit better and make the next thing you make, like, totally better. So, yeah. So, Ben, in regards to the, to the next film, um, from what I could see on the good old IMDb discography. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, um, <laughs> there's a title called Follow the Leader. It's a horror film. Jacob, you referenced a horror uh, film in um, beforehand mm -hmm. regards to something that you guys were trying to get off the ground. Is that the, the next step for you guys to go? Is that the feature that you guys have been trying to get off the ground for some time now? We're trying. <laughs> we, 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 we're, we, we're, we're trying, yeah. It's, 
yeah, uh, ho- hopefully this will get us uh, in front of, um, you know, hopefully this will help us get connected with some actors who might be interested in working with us and that could get us the funding. But we also have a lot of other little horror, other horror movies that we haven't uh, told anybody about that we have, well, you know, that we have finished that we're ready to show to people that aren't on IMDb. But yeah, follow the leaders. That's the big one we've been trying to do for a long time. And yeah, that would be that would be a lot of fun. That's ready to go as soon as somebody, you know, gives us the green light. But yeah, we have a lot of stuff we want to do. Mostly horror, a few other kind of thrillery things uh, set in, maybe even set in Kansas. But, you know, we're just really excited for whatever comes next. And we're ready. Absolutely. And again, with all these other things like this, it's not, you know, this is a neo-Western. But, you know, there's other genres and stuff that bleed into it that make it a little more friendly for the audience. So I think all of our ideas are normally have some like interesting um, hook to them. And then it kind of has a, a main genre, but then is very cognizant and kind of integrates other ones to keep it a little more fresh. So mm-hmm. but follow the leader, it's on there. The people, you know, it's, it, it exists. <laughs> We're trying. <laughs> so for everyone out there listening, September 29 in theaters across the U S and on video demand, Headcount. Now, you can watch it on video on demand, but I really recommend everyone go to the theater and watch this movie because I think it's a film that needs to be seen on, in the theater because I love the look of the film, a lot of photography. Um, I think the, um, the uh, post production elements in regards to the kind of like the revolver and how it kind of plays in with the, with the film's narrative and the plot is really, really well done. Um, and I, I think, and also, you know, it's just a great way to just log off and, and just let go and, and enjoy movies, uh, as they're supposed to be made. So I really recommend people do watch. Watch it in cinemas. If there's a cinema near you that's showing headcount, do watch it. And um, yeah, guys, congratulations to you both, Jacob and Ben. You did a really great job here uh, with headcount. A really solid, solid uh, feature film uh, directorial debut from both of you. Really entertaining. Uh, really well done to both of you. And I want to congratulate you both for the film and uh, best of luck with the film's release as well. Thank, Thank you. you.